Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman alongside my colleague Ryan O'Halloran amping up the coverage for the NFL draft this weekend and we're doing a Broncos defensive overview checking out their needs and breaking down position by position where Denver stands heading into the draft this season. So Ryan, obviously George Payton, he's already been pretty busy on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, Kareem Jackson, Von Miller, bringing him back and and making sure uh, he stays a Bronco this year. What do you think, you know, the general thought process is on the, on, in the Broncos draft room heading into the draft on this side of the ball. Yeah, I think this is going to be a big draft for Vic Fangio. You know, his first two here, you know, two years ago, the first three picks were Noah Fant, Drew Locke, Dalton Reisner. Last year, the first two picks were Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, all offensive players. They need to get some impact guys on defense. Maybe not to start right away, but they definitely take big roles in 2022. And... So even if they go quarterback in round one, I think it's going to be a lot of defense after that, and that's completely justifiable because you have players entering the last year of their contracts, players who are getting older. And let's face it, if this defense doesn't create enough takeaways, doesn't get enough sacks. They need to make they need to guys find some guys who can make an impact, you know, by next year and also play big roles as rookies. Yeah, and that lack of takeaways and just overall impact plays. It's been a consistent storyline under Fangio over the last couple of years. And this last year, season, without Simmons's five picks, I mean, that would have been a dire situation. Yeah, he had half their interception. Right. And, you know, last couple of years, like two years ago, Chris Harris had the only interception by a true corner. This year they had Bryce Callahan had two, Essang Bassley had one. So they need guys who can take the ball away. But, I'll def- you know, but in Vic's defense, in order to unleash your pass rush and your takeaways, you got to get a lead. Right. And this team has played way too much uphill during these two years because they're just not—they haven't been good enough or efficient enough on offense. Okay, let's take a position by position look now. Here, starting with the secondary defensive backs, obviously Simmons and Cream Jackson anchoring the safety slots, and then uh, you got Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller, newcomers at the corners. You got some guys uh, coming back in Bryce Callahan, Michael Ojemudier coming off an injury, or I'm, I'm sorry, Michael Ojemudier coming back, St. Bassey coming off an injury. So tons tons of guys there, tons of youth, veterans. Seems like pretty good setup, uh, especially compared to last couple seasons for Fangio. Yeah, they have more depth at corner, and – but that's not enough depth to uh, ward off but I'm talk, still, right? <laughs> but I still think it's going to be a need. Yeah. Is Kyle Fuller's on a one-year deal. Bryce Callahan's last year of his deal. Kareem Jackson's on a one-year deal. So, And right now, I wouldn't feel comfortable with any safety on the roster if, if Jackson or Simmons uh, needed, you know, got nicked up or whatever. So let's start at corner. If Patrick Sertain from Alabama is there at nine, I think he'd be very tough to pass up. That pick would he, they would get a lot of calls for him because he is the top corner, but is he a difference maker? Um, you know, it would be it would be right. You you want to take someone at nine who can play right away, yeah, right? And it would be a practical decision that would make total sense, but it also be a very safe decision. And a first year GM, maybe that's the way to go. If uh, if not quarterback. You could trade down a little bit, get J.C. Horn from South Carolina. I think Dallas number ten is going to take a corner. I think Carolina at eight may take a corner. So, if if uh, if Sertain has gone at eight, 
you don't J.C. Horn is not a top ten pick, so you don't take him at nine. You trade down maybe Greg Newsom from Northwestern. So I would take a corner in the first couple of rounds because as last year showed, guys got guys got injured. Callahan never made it through the season. Um, it's saying Bassey coming off an ACL. So ideally, you'd like to have a guy who can who has some experience playing the nickel. So I think I think they do take a corner at some point during the first two days of the draft at safety. I got to consider that on day two as well, rounds two or three, because Kareem Jackson is on that one-year deal. And if you want to play some dime packages with six DBs, that requires a third safety. Trey Marshall had his chance last year. Couldn't stay healthy. He's a special teams guy. So um, just a couple names. Let's go with the second wave of corners. I really like Newsom. He could be there in the teens or 20s. Um, He only had one interception in his career at college, but he had 25 pass breakups. So that means he's around the football. Um, at safety, Richie Grant from Central Florida is a riser, maybe into the late first round. If he's there at 40, I would consider him because he's had a great pre-draft circuit. And interesting guy is Caleb Farley, Virginia Tech corner. When we first started talking about the draft, we started talking about him as a possibility at number nine. Right. But he had another back surgery. The, the talk, stock has fallen a little bit. His stock has fallen, and, and rightly so, because back injuries – Back problems do not go away, and it's a 17-game schedule. You're playing 60 snaps a game, maybe more. So he may be a guy who goes in the 20s, but I don't think he should be on the Broncos' radar. You know, um, Later in the draft, Asante Samuel, maybe a day-two guy. Eric Stokes from Georgia, a day-two guy. So I think the Broncos, even though their top five defensive backs are set, they need to um, really add some competition and future starters to the mix. Another area is defensive line. You wrote about them during our pre-draft series. You know, they re-signed Shelby Harris, but the, they cut Jarrell Casey. They let Demarcus Walker go to Houston in free agency. They signed Shamar Steven from Minnesota as a nose, backup nose tackle. Mike Purcell coming off a foot injury. What do you see as the Broncos' strategy there? Well, the front three are pretty formidable, especially you know if you're banking on Shelby Harris getting hopefully more production games-wise out of him this year after COVID and, and then the knee issue in the final game sidelined him. You're hoping Mike Purcell also re- rebounds from that Liz Frank injury and, and talking to him. Sounds like he's in the final stages of that. Uh, he's got the hardware out of his foot. He's in a walking boot and he's getting, you know, he's he's gearing towards full strength here soon and he will be full strength for uh, Broncos training camp come July. And then Draymond Jones, Broncos hope for growth there, obviously. I mean, I think he had a, he had a promising 2020, but now, now he's the guy. Uh, Drell Casey's gone. You know, it's it's his job. It's his time to shine and show kind of why he deserves to have that starting job. The depth there is is, is a little questionable. They have a gene. Let's go, Big Mac. They got Big Mac uh, behind <laughs> behind those guys, but that's where I think, like you said, maybe uh, day two or or rounds two, three. You know, beyond there, looking at that position. When I was researching the Bronco defensive line, one thing that stood out, and you mentioned it, they just don't have a lot of guys under contract. Right. So they're going to add. Even with Steven bringing yeah. him. So Ajim, he needs to have a big camp because he was third-round pick last year. He could barely get on the field. they got to hope he got stronger. He can play the run a little bit. I 100% agree with you, Draymond Jones. I think he's a candidate to be their breakout player on defense. Right. He had a very good second half of the season as a pass rusher. Ideally... For Vic Fangio and defensive line coach Bill Kohler, you want you want a two platoon. You want to be able to go with six guys with that much of a drop off. 
Right now on third down, if you could roll out Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones, pass rushers, pretty good. You know, they hope Steven can be that backup nose tackle to Purcell. Uh, but I do think they want to add some youth there. Let's say day two or three on your top ten, who are some of those guys? Yeah, obviously, Ryan, Broncos aren't going to be in the mix for those, you know, day one guys like the Washington guy or, or like uh, Christian Barmore from Alabama. But looking further down the the uh, list of defensive line prospects, and I think Carlos Basham, Wake Forest, is is maybe a, a guy they, they could consider. Uh, he's demonstrated a consistent ability to be disruptive. You know, he had a streak of 23 straight games with a tackle for a loss, projects as a starting base end in the, in the NFL. So he could provide that depth, you know, maybe not ready to play right away, but he also has the frame, 265, 275. Yeah, and uh, he stood out for me, and I like him a lot because at, at, at 275 in Vic's system, he could play a little outside linebacker too. Stand up. Don't ask him to be in coverage, but maybe rush off the edge. Then, I, then he put his hand on the ground on third down. So, you know, Vic really likes its versatility. So, he could be a guy uh, later on. But I think they're definitely going to uh, address defensive line, and he'll wrap it up with with linebacker. Vic has been looking for a coverage linebacker since he got here, but he's he's coached linebackers for so long. The standard is just so dang high, and uh, you you have a rundown of who they got coming back. Well, of course, Vaughn Miller, you know, he sustained the season-ending ankle injury, but he's coming back from that, uh, and Broncos brought him back in a, in a decision that you and I, you know, disagree with and we're honestly a little surprised with, but George Payton bringing him back and, and picking up that option. And you got Bradley Chubb, year removed from the AC, torn ACL. He played 77% of the snaps last year, made it to the Pro Bowl his first, so looking for him to build on that. I know the Broncos are. And then Malik Reed, Alexander Johnson, uh, and then Josie Jewell, those latter two on the inside, and looking for big growth from Alexander Johnson, especially this year after you know 2019 saw him come onto the scene week five, earn the job, more growth in 2020, but still driving a little reckless at times out there, as Coach Vic Fangio would say. Yeah, I mean, what was what would be concerning about the Broncos about AJ's season was he didn't force any takeaways. That's what he did his first year as a starter when he got the, when he got the you know a starting chance in Week Five after the 0-4 start. Here's another spot: Miller, Johnson, Jewel, contracts all up after this year, so. Micah Parsons has been a popular target for Mox at number nine. I think you could move down and still get him. You know, Penn State, 6'3", 246, only a one-year starter. He opted out of 2020. Um, he could be a guy that's still available in the teens. Can he cover well enough in man to be that sub-package linebacker right away, which would allow Vic to take Johnson and Jewel off the field? Um, and let's let's also note, you know, the Broncos do have a little bit of depth uh, coming back in some rookies who weren't able to make an impact last year and Justin Sternad and, and Derek Tuska. Yeah, I mean Sternad is interesting because he was he was he was getting a chance in camp last year to be that right. uh, sub package linebacker because he can cover. Dislocated wrist, had surgery, missed the whole season. So that's that's what the Broncos got away is can you feel comfortable with him even though he hasn't played in a game yet? That's an issue. Parsons uh, I guess. Um, if you I move, guess. If you move down <laughs> so you're not the, high on the Penn State product. You know, if you move down to the 20s, I'm not even going to try and pronounce the Notre Dame kid. Let's call him Jeremiah O. We have an Albert O. Let's go with the Jerry O. I'm Ryan O. Um, <laughs> he could be a guy that's on the radar. George Payton was at the Notre Dame Pro Day during the during that circuit. So, you know, let's go with Edge Rusher. Gregory Rousseau, I think, is going to fall. 
his one-year production. He opted out last year. You know, he's not a top 15 pick as much as his agent says teams have said they're going to take him in the first round. I don't really care what they say. Um, he could be a guy that slides. Jalen Phillips, maybe a guy that slides a little bit. But I think you got you have to look at edge rusher because Malik Reed was a cleanup guy last year. You know, he benefited from the pressure. He got the sack. Right. Um, one thing is about Micah Parsons, I should add, he's a very good blitzing linebacker. Maybe that can be his role initially with the Broncos. That's how he made a lot of plays for Penn State. But I think you, I think you see them taking an edge rusher, I think, in the first, let's go first three rounds, maybe three and a half rounds, because you have to have an eye toward the future. And, hey, let's face it, Bob Miller's come off an ankle injury that ended his season. And he's getting older. Yeah, he's not yep. an 85% snap guy anymore. So you're going to have to have a little bit of rotation there, keep him fresh, make sure he hits the finish line. First in Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. Appreciate you tuning in to today's show. Remember, head to denverpost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team leading into, through, and after the draft. And, of course, we'll be all over training camp and the 2021 season and beyond. Appreciate you tuning in. denverpost.com slash Broncos. First in Orange Podcast. Till next time, folks, take it easy.